Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Craft of the Draft podcast. This episode is a great preview and a good look into the girls' clubs for 2023. Round one gets underway on Saturday afternoon, kicking off with Tasmania in GWS's academy and the two Vic clubs, Geelong and GWV, a few academy games to start off the season. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Nathan Seppi, joined again by Jonty Ralph-Smith. How are you, Jonty? Yeah, really good. Looking forward to previewing all the mainstream clubs or all the full-time clubs in this episode and going through what we expect to see from each of them, who the players are to watch out for. Well, we're going to do this pretty similar to how we did our scouting note episode last week. So we're going to go in order, alphabetical order of all the clubs, detail who we think is going to stand out for the season. And obviously this is sort of a role in podcasts where players will improve and we'll talk about more and more players as the year goes on. But for what we have now, what we've got from the preseason, this is just going to be a bit of an insight and preview into what to expect from each club. We'll give our prediction at the end of who we think will win the whole thing. So a laid back, come and listen, hear who we think is going to do well and what to expect if you're going to go to any games this year or watch any of the live streams of the girls' club. So let's kick it off. Let's go to a Vic Country team, Bendigo. Jonty, you've dealt a lot with Bendigo. What's the talk around the club and which girls are standing out and who are the ones you should look at? Come round one. I suppose before we go there, take it back a step. And Bendigo, like 12 of the 13 full-time clubs, have a new coach for this season. So obviously the programs have a dedicated coach. Frost Smith, the only one who's got previous talent league experience. So Bendigo have got Whitney Kennedy heading them up. And I know they're really excited, as all the clubs are, about what the new coach brings. And obviously being a female, that certainly helps the development pathway, you know, having a female coach helping with the girls. But, um, yeah, I suppose in terms of the players to watch out for, Lucia Painter's obviously going to be the big talking point. She's the one that's in the AFLW Academy. She's the one turning heads. She's a 2006 born, so she's not eligible for the draft this year. But the challenge for Bendigo or the talking point for Bendigo will be, as a team, how Lucia Painter focused are they? Are they too orientated? Are they too reliant on her? And how much is she able to stand out? Where are they going to play her? And where's she going to end up, I suppose, as an AFLW footballer if she does end up at that level as it looks like she will? Um, she's a ball winner and a clearance mid at this level. She's very powerful. So they're her attributes. Um, but I suppose beyond her, you've also got Lila Keck and Jamaica Douglas or a couple of others to keep an eye on. So Jamaica Douglas is one who's nimble and she backs herself. She's really confident. So see if she, as a bottom major, is one that's able to to push into um, calculations and really push her name up in lights. And Lila Keck, generates good scoring opportunities inside 50 and is another one who reads the play well, just gets into really good positions, um, is the word out of Bendigo. So hopefully she's one who can push up for them. And Bendigo take on the Murray Bush Rangers in round one. They're one of the teams who does get to play in the official first round. Uh, that game is up Murray's way. So on to the second game, oh, sorry, second game, second team, Calder, Calder Cannons, a Vic Metro team, Calder uh, Highgate love to host a lot of doubleheaders, so if you're yep. a colder player, you'll get a lot of games in your down your end. So that's good thing for them. But uh, Calder is a very big team to talk about, and uh, a lot of Strathmore girls. So a, a team that, in terms of chemistry, you'll feel like they should be able to do pretty well this year. And in times where they lose girls for Metro, they should be able to be pretty connected and stay a pretty strong side throughout the year. And one that will probably be up there contending 
come the season's end, but player-wise, who's going to stand out for Calder and who's been impressing that should shine come round one? Well, I think you mentioned Metro there and Amy Gale is one who obviously will be playing for Vic Metro barring injuries or anything untoward like that. She's one who hunts her own footy. She's got an outstanding vertical leap, both standing and running. We saw that at the testing day. Um, it was obvious to watch to the naked eye, never mind what the results actually said, and they came back really positively. She releases her teammates, and, and she's really tough in and under. So she's got all the attributes that are really favourable on, you know, in, I suppose, a modern AFLW game. So really looking forward to watching her. But she's just one of a host that they're really excited about. Like, she's the inside midfielder, I suppose. Maddie Albrecht is one who's had a really good pre-season, who's got elite pace. Does she play on the wing? Does she play in the forward line? She's one they're really excited about seeing what that what she can do. Reese Sutton's trained with some VFLW programs. I think there's a chance she might get to play with Essendon in their VFLW team. Does she play for Calder? That's going to be a question. She changes lanes and traffic really well and is one who... I suppose what she does without the ball is almost just as appealing as what she does with the ball. So one to keep an eye out for... Madison Ford, limited junior footy, but one who is co-captain, which speaks to how highly they rate her. And then players like Yasmin Welshford, who's got a cricket background, and that sort of leads into her really good decision-making. Ali Spaggan and Adelita Pasinga both have basketball backgrounds, so the, I suppose, archetypal female pathway where they've come from other sports, come across to footy, and brought across those athletic traits that are going to hold them in really good stead. Sarah Grundon has really good foot skills. I know speaking to one of the coaches, he sort of says it's like watching the TV, the way she kicks it. It's really impressive. And then Emily Wright and Amy O'Kelly, a few others. So, you know, how often they all get to play together, um, I suppose, is a question. But, yeah, certainly selection's going to be a real squeeze down there, and they're really excited about what they've got. And that's without even mentioning Kyla Forbes, who's their bottom-aged big Metro talent. So there's a lot of excitement coming out of Calder. Can they match it with, you know, wins and certainly individual development which is obviously more important i suppose that remains to be seen oh it's a great summary it's uh it will be exciting to see what comes out of quarter and they've always been there in about the last couple of years but haven't really been able to capitalize on i guess the sort of there's been talent that's been around but they haven't really pushed towards mm. the off seasons uh towards the end of the season so you know, it looks like a pretty exciting season for colder and looking at the fixture their first game is not until round three which is the 1st of April, so they've got the first two rounds as a buy. I mean, a lot of teams have the first two rounds off, you'll notice throughout this pod. Uh, their first game is against the Sandy Dragons at Highgate, a 4pm game. So a bit of a twilight game for the girls, which is great, and I'm pretty sure it's a doubleheader with the boys on that day as well. So should yep. be a good crowd big and a big game to start the season for those both those clubs. So good game to watch that week in round three. And on to our third club, the first... Uh, the second country club, Dandenon Stinrays. Uh, we've seen a bit of them, John T. We saw them in a practice game against Easton the other night. But tell me, from a training perspective and coach perspective, who's been impressing in the preseason? Who should we look out through out for throughout the year? And they've obviously got a lot of the country talent within that squad. Yeah, outstanding big country talent in that squad. Um, I think you could reel off seven or eight names. Uh, one outside of Vic Country, I will overview all the Vic Country talent, but if I did overview all the Vic Country talent and then the three or four others that have been impressing, I think we'd be here 
you know, all day. So um, I suppose to start with one who could push in, Meg Robertson is one there really bullish on. She's got the basketball background and the good decision-making, the, the you know, ability to tighten traffic to get out. And we saw that in the practice match against Easton, a really quality opposition. She's one they hope that can push into Vic Country. Zara Claverino is one who's from Berwick. She plays very tall and is a reasonable kick. They're hopeful of her and her prospects. There's reasonable upside there. The brother of former AFL-listed Oscar who went to Halebury. Zoe Basenko is one who's a really powerful athlete. Um, she'll play through the ruck and assume Bianca Lyon's role. Bianca Lyon, obviously, big country listed, played through the ruck last year, but I think the view is that she probably won't play through the ruck if she does get to the next level. So she'll play off the halfback this year. and Zoe will get her opportunity in the ruck. So really interested to see how she goes, if she's able to assume that mantle really well. Gemma Ramsdale's been made the captain as a sort of high halfback. Um, I suppose as an overall team perspective as well, though, the equal fittest and equal fastest team when you look at the testing results in pre-season overall. So that probably speaks to how strong a squad they have, not just the, like we say, the the top-end talent, but also the depth. You know, you look at someone like a Nikita Harris, a winger who... Uh, I think won the yo-yo or equal won the yo-yo and performed really well in the agility as well and probably doesn't get around one start because Ruby Murdoch, for example, is one that's going to be playing on the wing, playing that Taylor Gatt role, that real powerful runner. So they're, they're some of the names that have stood out. And then, yeah, you could run through all the rest of their big country names. Tara Quinn, a medium defender. Bianca Lyon, like I mentioned, will play off the halfback. Meg Robertson um, is one that could push into the mix. Sophie Butterworth, Gemma Reynolds. Um, and, yeah, there's there's more beyond that, that that I'm forgetting. Sophie Butterworth had a really good preseason, I suppose. It's worth noting as well. Shaved 40 seconds off a 2K time trial. Um, she, um, yeah, worked really hard to ensure she can, uh, I suppose, show the running patterns that are going to be compatible with the next level and, yeah, have the tank to match it with the best at talent league level. But obviously having watched them in the practice match like you did, Nathan, there would have been a few that stood out to your eye. For me, I suppose Felicity Crank was one who I think she's a 19-year-old coming back and she showed some really positive signs in that game. But um, from your perspective, who was it that impressed for the race? And Josh Moore, yeah. coach there as well, by the way, a very highly rated assistant coach for several years under the tutelage of Nick Cox. Yeah, no, well, correct. Um, I know there was a couple for Dandenong who stood out and Michaela Williamson was the most uh, prominent yeah. midfielder in that game. And uh, no, she's, she's always going to be one that's going to read the stoppage the best out of every midfielder, just knew where to run and great, great service into the forward 50. A couple goal assists for her in the end made sure those forwards are getting great delivery when it was a bit of a struggle for them in that practice game at times, yeah. but really knows how to get the ball and very agile with the ball as well, knows how to evade her opponents well and create space for her to get those forward 50 entries. Uh, Sophie Butterworth, another one like you spoke on, played pretty well and in half forward, she's a very tough body to contend with, knows how to take a good mark and a great kick as well, gets some good distance on her kick. So someone, you know, she can be in the forward 50 and be a threat as a marking target, but also move into the middle and one of those running midfielders who really provides great service into the inside 50. So those are probably the two that stood out for me on the day. And you've, and you've mentioned a lot of the other girls that have been very good as well. But let's move on now to the opposition of that game, Easton. Um, look, I'll kick this off with Easton and Ash Close is the new Easton girls coach. So he's great figure, great to talk to. And from what I've heard from 
Ash and what we've seen. I'll talk about the girls that impressed in the in the practice game and one that definitely stood out, Delaney. I've forgotten the last one. Delaney. Delaney. Madigan, I think, yeah. Delaney was- Madigan, yeah. She stood out. Great intercept mark, really prominent and covered the ground, especially, you know, probably one of the best on the night. Knew where to read the ball and every time Dandenong went in, she seemed to always find her way and take an intercept mark. Yep. Great, yep. great leading, you know, great kicks to leading midfielders who were just ready to run and pounce and get, yeah. you know, get Dandenong on the rebound. So one that really stood out, um, Grace Bubba was another one who she was just a great runner. Terrific. Someone to watch that you're like, you just want to keep your eyes on because you know they're going to impact the game. And she was definitely someone that put in those one percenters all around the ground. Great tackles, great smothers, and knew really how to read the ball. Uh, two more, two good forwards. Uh, Georgia Knight was terrific. Five goals, small forward, just knew how to use her body well and great, get in great positions to be that type of goal sneak, that typical small forward you've seen in a lot of AFLW and AFL games in general now. Uh, she was just terrific. And Georgie Brisbane was the opposite, tall forward, great contestant mark, great, in, great leading patterns, and the, probably the tallest on the ground if that she was very big for a forward and um yeah she just knew how to get herself in great positions and didn't drop didn't drop any and pretty and very accurate as well i think two one she kicked on the night so she was she was terrific for sure Uh, a couple others that didn't play ava campbell she just got announced captain didn't play on the night it was eason was a not a full strength side, so it was. You had a couple of players out. Uh, Laura Stone is another one that's been performing really well. Defender slash midfielder type, more of a halfback rolling type that has a really good rebounding capacity. So she she's been really fantastic in the preseason. And then Alicia Pisano as well played in that practice match, and she's probably the main star for Eastern this year. You would think. Just a really good midfielder that knows how to read the ball. And she's even pushing into the half-forward line. And she's just a threat standing outside the packs. Knows how to get herself unrecognised in a good way and create some scoring opportunities for herself. Uh, Jess Vukic is the ruck. She's been performing really well, really great leap and great around the centre stoppages and provides more impact than just her ruck work. So that's the eastern side's looking very strong. And uh, look, I'm going to jump the gun here and for our predictions, they are my premiership winner yeah i think i think the only other thing i'd add to that is i'll be really interested to see with ava campbell like you say being named as captain and from what i've seen um of eastern obviously a limited sample size but um will she use her voice on the field and really lead that back line from a vocal sense and really help them set up like is that the next step that she's able to take with her football like obviously she's shown that she's able to do it on the footy field and is one of their more hyped talents and you can tell, you know, when she's with the group that she brings it together and is really good culturally. If she's able to lead on the field, then I think that's going to round her off really well as a package. Yeah, no, for sure. Easton's just one you've got to keep an eye on this season yeah. because I think just good depth as well that will carry them even when those Metro girls are out for a bit. And I think that's a really wise prediction, having them as premiers, and it will be hard to see anyone stopping them. But I suppose the next team to move on to is Geelong. They're led well, by... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you quickly because I forgot to say Dandenong and Easton's first game. So yeah. I'm going to quickly go back to that. Dandenong, their first game, they are in round one, and they're playing Sydney Swans uh, Academy side at Kilsyth. And then for, for the Rangers, they do not feature what it looks like until... 
Dandenong. Round three, and they play Dandenong. So there you go. Bit of a preview of what we got on Friday night. So, yes, apologies for that. And on to Geelong. Tell me who's been impressing and who to look out for for Geelong's side. Yeah, so Alina, Alina Dickey, the coach down there, uh, she's also the Vic Country coach. So um, they're in good hands. But I suppose the three names that come up are Maddie Seabeck. She's one who really thrives on the physicality and can take contested mark up forward. So... If the Geelong midfielders can, you know, cohese, that's not a word, but if they can, you know, have that synergy as a unit and really get it inside 50 and kick it to her advantage, then I think they'll be in really good stead. And she's one who could score a lot of goals. What's her secondary position is, I suppose, the next step for her. Chloe Adams is one that attacks the contest hard and has impressed in match sim. She's really fierce and um, it's only pre-season, but she doesn't hold back. So she'll no doubt translate that into games. And hopefully there's a good balance there between inside and outside as the season goes on that we get to see. And, and I suppose that's the other positive of, you know, having a full season is that we might get to see players more so in their secondary positions. If players have to build into the seasons because they've had injury interrupted pre-seasons or whatever it be, um, they've got the opportunity to do so. It's not just a short sample size now. So it is good to see the um, AFL expand the resources available for the girls' season, and that's obviously part of it. And then Lucy Marachek, another one who, you know, probably is a really good example of that, having had a disruptive pre-season, who might not perform in the earlier rounds, but now it's not, you know, season over for her or half a season over. She's still got plenty of time to perform. Um, so she's, she's one that could build in. She's got really good speed, and where she gets used is one that'll be a watch. She's quite a versatile prospect, so she's going to be used on the wing and, you know, be able to hold her spread, and those are the sort of things that'll be her targets, or is she going to be used as a high forward who can also sort of get back and impact the scoreboard? Yeah, for sure, and Jalon's first game is in round one. They're one of two games that don't involve an academy team. Uh, and they played the Rebels at Deakin Uni. And I was going to say good segue onto GWV, but we're actually on to Gippsland now. Um, an interesting fact you brought up about Gippsland, which I thought is something to mention, that they only can choose from nine clubs in total. Is that So quite interesting. Give me a bit of an insight into that, what uh, the coach Nathan Boyd has told you about that, and I guess some difficulties about that, but also who to look out for in Gippsland, for, for Gippsland and, you know, which players are impressing from these clubs? Yeah, well, I suppose the thing with Gippsland is only being able to choose from nine clubs on a girl side of things, not a boy side of things, um, let's not get confused there, is that, you know, it dilutes or, you know, it reduces the number of players that they do have to choose from clearly. But still, from a per capita point of view, they're still really high and just as strong and probably much, or not probably, they are much stronger than the other clubs when you look at it from a per capita point of view, the number of AFLW prospects they're producing. And they're also producing many that are going on to VFLW clubs. So you look at Alicia Molesworth, for example, she's with Box Hill. She's affiliated with them and played in a practice game with them a couple of weeks ago. So it's not just obviously AFLW, it's VFLW as well. And it's process over result for them, little by little improvement every day and hope to go back and improve the Gippsland scene as a whole so that in future years um, there are more teams to choose from and, you know, it's not just a case of nine teams, but, you know, 12 or 13 and eventually there's several leagues like there is for the boys to choose from um, so that, you know, it holds the region in good stead. Um, but, yeah, it certainly does bring its challenges and we've seen that on the ladder. Obviously, they were the wooden sprinters last year um, and I suppose... From the perspective of this season, they've got Ash Centra, 
and Amber Shoot are probably the two to keep your ears out for. Ash Centra is the one that's going to be talked about statewide. Um, she's powerful. She can take a contested mark. She's still a bottom major. She's explosive. She's got all those real attributes that you look for in an AFLW prospect. And to be honest, she's shown it at such a young age. She's still got two seasons ahead of her. She's going to be probably the most exciting talent league prospect on the girls' side to watch in the next two seasons. So wherever she plays, you expect her to dominate. How, how many games she can sort of win off her own boot and that kind of thing will be an interesting watch. And also how much she's able to improve the players around her because we know that's a huge part of talent league as well. And something that's stressed to players is, you know, being able to weaponize the players around you, not just show your own game and play that selfless role, play that team role. So no doubt that's something that'll be talked about with her. And um, yeah, Amber Shoot, another one, a midfielder who, um, yeah, her versatility will be exposed at different times, but she's one who the the coaches are really looking forward to seeing what she can produce this season. And she's in Vic country, which illustrates that, yeah, she probably is obviously alongside Ash, their, their strongest prospect. Yeah, so Gippsland, their first their first game is in round two. So they play GWS Academy in Craigieburn. So again, you know, if you're a Craigieburn resident, you're going to get a lot of footy there yep. this year. And the reason for that being these interstate teams, obviously, are going to go to the airport. So Craigieburn is uh, all of like 10, 15 minute drive away. So if... Yep. Your club, any club you want to watch is playing the interstate team. Your best bet is to drive down to Craigieburn and there's a 90% chance to see a game. So that was a lot of footy. And our next club, we're looking at the GWV Rebels. I'll chat about a bit about GWV Rebels. I'm going to get my notes up for them. Uh, they are led by Sally Riley this year. And I'll tell you a bit about what she said. Uh, Jess Wrench, that's the main girl to watch out for. Uh, she's been really good with her running, a great midfielder capacity but does a bit of the dirty work as well you know not afraid to do the one percenters really explosive with her footy and she also impressed a lot in the testing as well she did she got the equal highest vertical jump along with amy gaylor so very explosive proved in her testing as well but a bit more from gwv they got a good mix of talls and smalls which i think is great for the girls for a girls team because usually the height is quite small so there's not a lot of tall targets so i think if teams can just capitalize on that this year minus the talent just as a team perspective that's definitely going to going to hold you in good stead uh, and the most girls that gwv have had do a pre-season which is great which means the region's growing out there and showing that footy down that way is improving for the girls and that there will be more opportunity and more talent arising. Uh, Isabella Davies is another one that tested really well. Uh, she came fourth in the yo-yo test and then eighth in agility. So another one to watch out for for the GW, GWV Rebels. And their first game is against Geelong Falcons in round one, as we mentioned. Uh, that is at Deakin Uni. So that is yep. the one of the first games of the season. So, yeah, that is from GWV's side. Now we are moving on to the Murray Bush Rangers, which is, again, me. That's uh, two in a row. Emma Mackey, we've had her in the podcast. Check that out if you haven't had haven't heard it yet. Uh, great chat with Emma. Uh, she's had a lot of sporting, a professional sporting background, so she's really well adapted to the coaching scene, sporting scene, and a great mentor for these Murray girls. A couple to watch out for, Grace Hay, a top ager for Murray, uh, a tall defender, and she's able to read the play extremely well. 
still still developing with her football and she's been a netballer. So, you know, you talked about a lot of these girls are coming from, you know, other sports. So, which I think is a, a good thing as well. You know, you've got just from a positional sort of side of it, they're going to know, they're going to have a bit more up their sleeve and just know how to read play a bit differently with a bit of a different style. Chloe McLehaney, hope I've pronounced that right. Uh, a great leader for Murray, an amazing left foot. Uh, she had a bit of attention last year, but again, another sport. Murray, it seems like a lot of the girls there are coming from other sports. So there's a few to keep your eye on just purely out of development-wise. They're going to push this year and they're going to come out and show what they probably didn't get to show as much last year. Uh, Sam Pepler, another top ager, another ruck. Murray do have quite a tall side. Uh, had some really, really good games in the first half of 2022, but unfortunately fractured her foot. So coming back into you know, full training and she'll be back playing pretty soon. Uh, Destiny Dot, another ruck, midfield slash forward type that can move anywhere. And I think that's, you know, good for Murray to have these multi-positional players. So those are the ones that are standing out for Murray. We haven't seen a lot of them yet. And I think that's a thing with a lot of these clubs even if they've had practice games, we haven't been able to see this vision yet. So it's we're going off what the coaches are telling us for some 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 of these things, but you know they're going to have the best judgment out of anyone. So as soon as these yeah, as soon as these games kick off, we're going to have a lot more footage, a lot more data to go off and give some actual accurate accurate insights as well. But I mean these are accurate. I'm not saying they're not, but in terms of seeing it with their own eyes. And Murray, like we said, with Bendigo, they played Bendigo in round one. Uh, one of the, the the last game of round one, so that's can't tell where RRO is, but it's in down Murray's region, up Murray's region, I should say. So that is Murray's recap. Now we move back to the Metro scene and we go to Northern Knights. John, do you tell me a bit about what's happening at Northern? Yeah, so Wendy Buckley is probably the name to keep an eye out for. She's a bottom major. She's a really clean midfielder. And she was quite good in a practice match that I was fortunate enough to watch a couple of weeks ago. It was an intra-club. In fact, she's already had some exposure and she's got a tidy skill set. Um, when I say exposure, she's had exposure at talent league levels. So by the time she is drafted, if she is fortunate enough to go that high, um, she'll have had three seasons of talent league under her belt. So uh, in the midfield this season, I would expect uh, Talia Plunkett, another one who really impressed in that practice match and has had a reasonable preseason, another bottom major. Her contest to contest running and ability to impact late in games uh, were, I suppose, elements that really impressed. So she'll hope to really build on that pre-season form. She's composed in traffic and has experience on the outside, but might be used on the inside based on what I saw at that practice match um, a couple of weeks ago. She was playing on Buckley um, at times. So those are a couple of names. And then you look up forward and Isabella Parnell, I think, was their leading goal kicker last year, or she certainly hit the scoreboard quite a bit. She was the lead up forward who can take marks and take them well when she gets her hands on the footy. She generally is able to stick them, so she gets a little bit of separation off the defender, which is obviously so important. I suppose the next step for her will be, is she able to do it when the ball does come to ground? Is she able to clean up and be clean at ground level and get the loose ball? Uh, Lauren Jatzak will be their ruck, and she's um, increasingly, I suppose, impressing slowly developing her ability to take a strong mark both around the ground and then also in the ruck use her physicality and her size to her advantage are elements that 
will hopefully be really good for the northern midfield. Like I say, the the likes of Talia Plunkett, the likes of Winnie Buckley, Molly Bell, another one in amongst there. Can they um, create a really good synergy with Lauren Jatzak will be really interesting to see. And then down back, Lulu Betty or Beatty is one who drives out of there, provides a lot of rebound, takes some intercept marks and has some favourable tra- traits. And she'll be alongside the likes of Emily Wonderlick and Kira Lemire, who both had some, had really good practice matches. And Emily in particular has had um, had some moments in pre-season as well. So they're, they're the names to keep an eye on from a Northern perspective, um, who were led by Alana Dickey. In fact, I think I said that Geelong are led by Alana Dickey. Geelong are, in fact, led by Mel Hickey. Mel Hickey is the Vic Country coach, though, but I did get those names confused. But, um, yeah, regardless, both teams in really good hands. And Northern's first game of the season doesn't come until round three, where they play Murray. They're playing yep. Murray in Wangaratta. Uh, so, yeah, a couple, a lot of these teams just don't play for a couple of weeks. So April 1st is, if you're looking to see a lot of teams in action, yeah, April 1st is when a lot of the Metro clubs come into play. So they'll play Murray in their first round. Uh, now we move to... One of the two most metro clubs of the competition, yeah. Oakley. Uh, what's happening down at Oakley? Uh, always a very strong team. Uh, you know, it just the nature of the talent they can choose from around the area. They're always very strong. They have been uh, premiership winners in the past. And I'm sure they'll be looking to add to that again. Who's impressing at Oakley and who should we look forward to watching this year? Yeah, I'm just going to drop a couple of slightly out-of-the-box names here rather than going mainstream. Amy Carris-Brett is a runner who has competed at the World Championships for cross-country, who's impressing uh, Coach Tyrone Vickery down there. Um, so is her run going to be used on the wing? You would think so, and that's probably what the talk has been in pre-season so far. And Emma McDonald is one who is also very raw, but there's hope that she can push into Vic Metro. Her attributes, um, her athletic attributes, probably lending her to a key forward role. Only playing 10 games of footy in her life, you know, speaks to the amount of upside she has and the amount of feeling she has for a, a club who might be willing to take a punt on her, whether that be VFLW or AFLW down the line. Um, but, yeah, those are the two names that I'll, I'll put out there for now about Oakley. Um, Sandy, I guess we can move on to, and you can tell well, us. About- we, we haven't spoken. We haven't. We haven't said who they're playing in round one, Oakley. Yeah, yeah, you can speak yeah. about that as well. But Sandy, you've got to get um, a couple of players on the park, and Mia Zielinski and Judy Goldman. So maybe if you want to tell us about that as well, Nathan. I'm going to go. But I've got to. Tell, I've got to say, Oakley are playing round one. Yeah, we, can- we can't. can't ignore it. We can't ignore it. Uh, well, they're they're playing. They're playing Geelong at yeah. Deakin Uni in round um, three. Round two, or well, I think that'd be round two. Is it? They're round three. Round three, okay. A yep. lot, I think every Metro club doesn't yeah. feature until round three. But, yeah. Very odd. Bit odd. But, yeah, no, Sandy, uh, like you said, yeah, Mia Zielinski, great, great forward. That I mean, she, she was a leading goal kicker for Sandy last year, and she proved she knows how to win the football and take a great contested mark. Pretty big kick as well. Had some, has had some injury troubles uh, leading into this season, but she will be fit for round one. Um, and they do play colder, like we said, in round one. But it's round three for them. Uh, so that's why she will be fit to play, which is lucky because if you if they were playing in the official round one, she wouldn't have been fit. Uh, Judy Goldman's another exciting prospect, but she's a 17-year-old. There's a lot of 17-year-olds at Sandy, and that's, I think, a trend you'll hear throughout the year is a lot of promise and a lot of hope coming for Sandy in the 17-year-old aspect. 
Uh, Sophie Mackay, you would have heard her name purely out of just the name itself. Uh, her dad obviously played for Carlton and Charlie Mackay, you dealt with her a bit. John T was, came out of the Dragons Boys program a couple of years ago. So familiar name, but she's a very impressive midfielder, been training really well on the park, someone to watch out for, probably going to be the main player in that side this year. Uh, Caitlin Boss has been impressing really well in training as well. Showed some glimpses, especially in the futures last year, is a, a really a good running midfielder, able to move into the forward line and provide, which is a great asset for any team, and she'll definitely be able to showcase that this year. Uh, and Cam Milius was another one that has been training really well. A great silky mover, mover as well. Got a bit of first-team action last year, but didn't really get to showcase a heap of a lot of what she's capable of, and I think she'll definitely put that into action in the first game. Uh, I'd like to mention Georgia Foran. Uh, you know, personally, I think she was unlucky to get drafted last year. Just a great fullback, and one that, in, in terms of knew how to read the play really well and just get herself into a position that was really hard to beat as a key forward, she was just one that knew the game really well. So I think she'll definitely have some of the best starting games. Just she's got a point to prove now, and I think she was very unlucky to get not drafted last year. So I think we'll see a lot from Georgia Four. And, um, but those are the main ones I think will come out of Sandy, and they're led by Martha Cantwell, uh, she's a great coach, come from a background at Collingwood's AFLW, so she's got a lot of experience with the female development side, and she'll be a great one to watch throughout the year as a coach. And Sandy, like we said, they play Calder in round three, April 1st, uh, as the Saturday twilight to back up the boys on that day. So that's from Sandringham's side, and we move to Tassie now. We move to the only non-Victorian team in this conversation. Uh, John, tell me what's been happening on the other side of the sea, even though it's not really the other side of the sea, but what's been happening down in Tassie? Yeah, um, I suppose their trio of tall forwards are the ones that are going to be talked about the most, and it's going to be really interesting to see how those go. I mean, we speak about about Western Bulldogs in the AFL, how their four big forwards are going to go, but from a Tassie girls' perspective, Bella Parker, Grace White and Georgia Clark are the three big forwards that they've got really high hopes on. And I think, obviously, there is going to be the opportunity to showcase them in different positions throughout the year. Um, but I think their primary position is all, at this stage, seen as being forwards. So Grace White is one who previously was seen as a defender but has shown traits in pre-season um, that she could move forward and is probably going to start there. She kicks it well and is a strong lead. So we'll be really interested to see how she goes. Bella Parker from Hobart. Um, Tanisha Kolak's an athletic key defender with a really long booming kick coming out of the back line and she uses that athleticism and, and long kick to transition really well. So she's one that the coach um, hopes can set them up really effectively. That's Jodie Clifford leading the Tassie Devils down there. And then they've got the Thompson Twins on the northwest coast. So Lucy Thompson's a solid inside midfielder with really good goal sense. And Jasmine comes from the basketball background. So we've talked about the, obviously, the multiple sports that a lot of these girls play and the skills that being a basketballer brings across to footy. So she's one who will hope to bring that across for the Devils. Um, yeah, so that's probably the wrap on Tassie. Obviously, they don't 
have Brooke Barwicker who did her ACL um, a couple of weeks ago. That was the really sad news to come out of there because she was one they were really high on and had had a really good preseason, but it seems to have handled it well and transitioned to a coaching position. Um, so, yeah, interesting to see how the Devils do go this season. They're always a tough competitor, Tassie, and I think, you know, mm. big teams wouldn't love travelling. I Actually, I'd say they would love travelling because the big teams don't get to go, you know, go yep. fly for a game very often. So, But it is in terms of, you know, location, it's a hard team to beat over in Tassie. They've always been competitive in the girls' league, so it'll be interesting to see how they go. And they kick off the season. So they are the first game of the season on Saturday. They play GWS. A lot of teams seem to play, be playing GWS in their first game, and that's at Utah's, so as in uni, that, that stadium, which is great because that's where they play the AFL games at. Great to play at a big stadium like that, so awesome for the girls. And it'll be interesting to see how they kick off their season. And let's wrap up the club previews with the Western Jets, Jonty. What's been happening at Western? Who's impressing and who should we look out for? Well, I think I've said Ash Centra and Lucia Painter have been the two that are on everyone's lips. And, you know, if any Western Jets supporter or, or club member or family member has listened in, probably offended in that Christy Lee Western Turner is probably just as hyped as them in the same conversation with what she can provide. She's um, got highlights aplenty already um, to her name. Really looking forward to seeing what she can deliver this season. Hopefully it's a consistent body of work because that's what obviously AFLW clubs will be looking for. She started off on the right foot, had a really good pre-season and tested really well in the 20-metre sprint at the pre-season testing. That's 3.214 seconds. So um, that's that's elite when you talk about girls. And yeah, she's got a lot of, a lot of favourable traits. Um, Kira Wiley is another one who's part of the Vic Metro squad, one who's seen as solid um, overall, I guess. She's really clean overhead and can pounce on the loose ball, which is obviously really important in the female game. I think her fundamental skills is probably what sets her apart. Megan Smart is one they've been really big on that's had a really big preseason. She stood out in a practice match against Calder, and whether she plays on the wing or in the midfield, Guts um, will be a watch, but she's versatile enough to do either and has the skill set that could lend itself to either. And Tamara Henry is another one who's had limited exposure but is one to look out for early in the season. Uh, they're led by Hayley Gosso. So, um, like we talk about, the 12 of 13 clubs are led by new coaches, and she's one of them. And um, I guess, yeah, speaking about Western and, and all the clubs, really, there's a really even split. I know you talked about it with the Dragons. There's a really good split of 17 and 18-year-old talent, obviously a couple of 19-year-olds at some clubs. Um, but, yeah, the talent improves year on year. So hopefully that continue, that trend continues, and Western's one club who hopes it does um, with what I've heard from them. And Western kick off their season against Tassie. They're the first team to travel over to Tasmania from Victoria and they'll play on the 1st of April and that is a double header with the boys. And it's quite a late game, actually. It's uh, 3.30 for the girls and 5.45 for the boys. So a bit of a nighttime game, actually. I think it might be daylight savings by then. So great, great way to kick off the season for Western with a bit of a trip. And to end, I've sprung this on you. I didn't say this before, but we're going to do our round one tips. We're going to go through the games and see who we think. Okay. It's very hard to tell right now because yep. we haven't seen many of these teams in actions. But go on. Tassie and GWS. I mean, I'm back in Tassie on this. I, the academy teams just don't seem to ever yeah, have the, the talent. Yeah, We're no. back Tassie. We're both back in Tassie. Dandenong and Sydney at Kilsyth. I think easy one, Dandenong again. 
pretty comfortably in that one, I think. And then we have Jalon VGWV, first tough one to really choose from. Uh, I'm not sure which way to go with this, but I'm going to say Jalon. Uh, just I, think home advantage. I'll go, I'll go GWV, just range to play well. There we go. Uh, and then the last game of the round, only four games to kick off the season, uh, Murray and Bendigo. I'm going to I'm going to back Murray. The talk I've heard from Emma Mackey, I'm liking what I'm hearing. I think their team will perform well and be able to adapt to any opposition. So I'm going to back Murray. And I will say the Pioneers will get it done. Awesome. Well, that wraps it up. We hope everyone has enjoyed. Got a bit of an insight into what to look out for. I mean, I think this is the same as last season. These games should be live streamed if you can't get down to them on the uh, the Talent League app. So just go to the App Store and download that, and there should be an option to press uh, watch stream. So you should be able to watch any of these games, and they do update stats about 24 hours later if you're interested in looking, so you need to perform well. So we will be reviewing... I'll just give you a brief review of these four games next week. But next week will be our boys preview. Uh, the boys start on the 25th of March, so a week after. And all the teams play in round one except Tazzy. So big preview to come for that like tonight. But until then, thanks, Jonty, for joining me. It was a great chat. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, follow up for it on our socials to keep up with our content. And until then, we will catch you next week.